Welcome to the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Okay, this time I'm going to... Um, introduce a friend. She is uh, currently the director of the singles ministry at Lakewood Church and really honored to have her here. She helps us out at While You Are Single as well. So um, we're going to have an awesome time hearing her share what God has placed in our hearts tonight. So please give a round of applause to Patricia Medina. Thank you. <laughs> what a nice welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here tonight. Thank you, Tokes, for inviting me. Uh, didn't expect that ever. I would love helping them and their ministry just serve here as a volunteer. So I am thankful to, to speak to you guys tonight. Um, I loved a lot of the answers that everyone was answering. I thought they were really good. I loved our sister Laura over there, what she was saying, <laughs> just admitting it. Um, so how many of you know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Yes. Right? He is a rewarder. Uh, and I want us to get in a position where we are rewarded. Who's ready to be rewarded for seeking him? So this message can go in any area of your life, but we're in a singles ministry while you are single, and I want to direct it to the topic of the season that we're in. Is that okay? That's what we want to hear, right? Okay, so I want us to understand that it is okay to ask for marriage in your life. It is okay that God sets us up and asks, and to ask him to set us up. And it is okay to be married. Not only want it, but to be married. It is okay. All right? So I'll, this message is not to say we should be married or a focus should be on marriage. What I want to first start is a foundational, a foundation of what we should be thinking about when it comes to this topic, setting the, the right thinking patterns, okay? And I want to get to the end result where God will reward us, that the waiting, there is an end to the waiting. There is a result. There is a harvest. There is a time when God says, look what I have for you. There is a time where there's open doors, where the windows of heaven open up. Wouldn't it be awesome if everyone at the same time? I don't think that's likely, but it's, it's possible. With God, it's possible, right? So he is a rewarder. And like I said, for anything that's go that you're going through, think of this message in that too, okay? For a job, hard times, maybe you're, you just right now don't even want to think of marriage. You're just right have, struggling something else. So look at this message in that too, okay? But we're going to speak to this. So... Let me tell you, God does want to bring marriages together. He does want to join people together, all right? He wants to awaken that desire in some of us. And I say that to say, it may not be awakened in some of us. I'm not speaking to you men, but it may not be awakened in us. Or women, it may not be awakened. And he wants to open the possibilities of saying, this is good. This is a good place. It's a marriage first with me. I should be first, but it is something that's beautiful. All right? And first, I want to say 
As a side note, I want to set this out there first. We should be in a place of wholeness, okay? This message is not to say that we, that this message tonight is not speaking about being healthy, of how to be healthy, and what unhealthy looks like, and what healthy looks like. We're not going to go there. It is a given that we need to be in a place of wholeness with the Lord and with ourselves. So are we good on that? So there shouldn't be any thoughts like, well, God's not going to do that if we're still bitter or that person's still angry. This is what I'm saying. There still needs to be wholeness in people's lives. Okay, so we do. So if we struggle, anger, bitterness, uh, resentment, things that are still harboring, we need to take care of that because the blessing is part of after that. Okay, because God cares more about your well-being. He cares more about what's going on in you before he brings two people to wreck each other's life. Right. So he wants to do that first. So keep, keep that. So this message is for. For the person that says, you know what, I am in a process of healing right now, uh, marriage, I don't even think about it. Um, this message for that person is to say, put it on the shelf and receive the word that God wants to share so that you have the right tools when the time comes. This message is also for that person that says, I've been seeking God diligently. I've been putting God first. I've been serving where I'm supposed to be. My distraction has not been unto other stuff, but unto God and the waiting has come a little long, has become a little long, and maybe bitterness has set in to where maybe I don't think this is gonna happen. You know, this message is for you also for now, all right? This message also for those who secretly say, oh, I don't wanna be married. Don't want to admit it, but deep inside really hope to meet someone. Oh, I don't need a, um, yeah, you know, that has a real negative, uh, you know, outlook about it. This message is for you too. Because what I want to do is break down barriers of thinking and line up the word with it. I really feel God gave me a revelation, and it's something that he's put on my heart. And I said, okay, Lord, now with what you've given me, show me scripturally so that I know this is right thinking. So I'm, I want to first set a foundation of this proper thinking so that it doesn't come just from man, that you know it is the word of God. And then I want to share, which I know we use all the time, but it's just so good, and there's more to it than we can all, than we could hear about it. Share about Rebecca and Isaac in it, okay? Is that all right? So, first of all, we talk about wholeness. I just want to say, God gives us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Part of what wholeness looks like is that sound mind. Just a little side note: having a sound mind in Greek is a two types. It's a two-word compound. Sozo pronio, meaning it is a delivered, revived. When you think of being born again, you're revived by the spirit. It's a revived mind, okay? It is a delivered mind of your rational thinking, your whole makeup of thinking and your emotions. So to say we have a sound mind, when I say make sure you're in a place of wholeness, I just want to give you that quick glimpse. Be in a place where your, where your mind is been saved by God. That's part of Romans chapter 12 to being transformed by the Holy Spirit. It could be a long process. It can be a quick process, depending where you're coming from, where he's taking you and how the process, how you diligently seek the Lord. Okay. So that's just for those that maybe I am whole, but I know that this area, keep that in mind, the mind, because that's where all it goes to the heart and it, what comes out of the heart, we know becomes the issues of life, right? Okay. 
So I mentioned how the three people that are, the three types of people I want to talk about. So God does love marriage, okay, and He does want to bless it. And I want you to know that marriage is a choice, is a decision that you say I want to be married. That's all He's saying. Do you want to be married? Can I ask that? Does anyone brave enough to ask? Who wants to be married? I knew you wouldn't raise your hand. I knew it. No, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm joking. I shouldn't call you that because he's new. Welcome. You know, usually that's a question you shouldn't really ask, but I'm asking. Can I see the hands again? Okay, that's good. You're being honest, and that's great. That question was, who knows they want to be married? And that's good. You know. Um, it is a choice that God will honor because he created marriage in heaven. It's first with him. He loves it. He created the, the, the union, and he gave it as a gift to have here on earth, okay? So it, it is good. Uh, I love how the Old Testament talks about that. I just love, I started reading the, um, the King James Version, and I love the King James Version now. At first, I, it was like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> when I would read it, and I started praying to God, Lord, because I, I, I read the New Living Translation. I said, Lord, I want to read in the King James. And I would pray about it, pray about it, and soon enough, I started understanding the King James. So it's, it's a Holy Spirit thing. Uh, and if you get it right away, then you're just smart. I wasn't at first. <laughs> but I love how it says, I just love this word, peradventure. They talk like that, peradventure, that you know, this or that would happen. I was like, I like that, you know? I think of an adventure, and it doesn't even mean that, but an event, it's perhaps, you know, or what if. But uh, that's what it makes me think, an adventure, you know, that you're going on. So peradventure that, let's say we admit we want to be married. Let's just go there for a second. Let's just say we are saying, I do want to be married. I want God to bless that. I would love to have... Uh, someone in my life that's that can bring um, that that is a pure relationship that is whole that serves the Lord together that it would be this like perfect relationship right not perfect person but perfect for you okay so let's just say perhaps we're thinking that let's just change our thoughts and go that direction what does the Bible say about this does the Bible agree with certain sayings? I call it Christian lingo. When we, when we, I joked about it, but sometimes we'll say, well, I'm not looking to get married. or I'm, And there's nothing wrong when you say I'm not looking. That's not where I'm going with this, okay? Like I said, it's a choice, and it's okay. Um, but when we say things like that, or if someone mentions, and we had that question here, if someone mentions, oh, I'm praying that God will bless me, that I, you know, I meet somebody or that I get married, oh, but you shouldn't make that your idol. Don't be distracted by it. You know, so you almost don't want to ever mention again that you pray, you're praying about it, you know? Like, I'm not making it an idol. And if you are, remember, back to wholeness. Going back, we're going back, we're not, this message is not about that part, okay? But there is a sound mind and how we should be thinking, and it's not, and we're going to go into that. Okay, so we have those way of speaking, that Christian lingo. Um, could we say this type of thinking may have taken a wrong turn by misinterpretation of the word of God and from what scripture? It, could it be possible that we've began to talk that way and maybe walk on eggshells a little bit with it, and then we have 
uh, a lot of misunderstandings of how we should be thinking back and forth to where she has to sound like the brave one over there saying it or, you know, you know, is it possible? And I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Where does the Bible talk about a single person? 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you memorize anything about single life, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, right? You know that it talks about a single person. And I want to bring it into context. And I want to bring this as the foundation before I say why God does want to bless us, okay? With whatever that is. Remember, this, is, this can relate to anything in your life. But when Paul talks, when he's first starting, so 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 25 through 26, I'm going to go over, and verse 34 through 36. But backing up on verse 24, he begins to tell the people, and he's talking about if, you are, if you've been a slave to your master, stay that way. If you're free, use your freedom well. If you're circumcised or uncircumcised, it doesn't matter. Just follow the commandments, though. If you're married, stay married. If you're not married, don't, you know, don't get married. He's, t he's telling them, stay like that. And he goes, and, and for you virgins, then he goes, now for you virgins, he just talked about other people. Now he's talking about, now you virgins. I suppose because of the distress that's going on and the struggles that are going on around us, that you too should stay where you're at. So he goes further to keep explaining in further chapters too, if you're married to someone that's non-Christian, stay with them because you can bring them to the Lord. And uh, you continue to read and it talks a lot about the types of relationships that are presently there. And he's saying, when you become a believer, stay like that. And so he's saying there's so much going on. What was going on? Persecution, people were coming. This is about 59 AD too. Okay, so it's not like Jesus just died on the cross, but in a way, he just died on the cross. It could be your lifetime that you saw Jesus died on the cross. It could be your lifetime where you're now maybe a grandparent speaking to the young ones and saying, hey, stay the way you are. With what's going on right now, don't think about getting married. If you're married, stay married. You know, if, if you're serving in a house under someone as your master, stay there. And if you're freedom, use your freedom wisely. But stay the way you are right now with what's going on. Okay? And, and so he continues to explain that. Um, and so he, in verse 34, 36, he begins to say there is a difference between an unmarried person and an unmarried person. And so you have to go back in the history and what I'm talking about. Women, let's go further to where he, um, sorry, I'm going to read this. It's in verse 34 through 36. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married cared for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit. Not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that, for that which is commonly, which is appropriate behavior, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncommonly towards his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and need so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not, let them marry. In context, going back in history, women were of age to get married at 12 years old, as young as 12 years old. We know Mary to have been married, what is that, 15? I didn't look to that, but I'm remembering about 15. We would probably punish our child if she was talking about marriage at 15 years old, right, or 12 years old. 
So when Paul's talking to them, he's talking to the parents, not to the man to say about your virgin, go marry your virgin if you can't control yourself, go marry your, your um, fiance, it goes further. Back then, the fiance, they, would, they wouldn't have relationship once they were engaged, they would go away again. They didn't go on dates and have dinner every night and hanging out on the couch and doing things. That's not what they were doing before they got married. They were engaged, but they were still in their parents' home, and they were apart from one another until they got married again. Okay? So Paul's speaking to the parents because that's who gave away the bride. And he was saying, hey, she still has a few years, and the things that are going on right now keep them holy. If she can refrain, keep her the way she is. Don't let them have to go get married right now. But if her time of age, of her flower fades away, then yes, give her a way to be married. Because it was looked upon as disgraceful if a woman was older. We know know Christ died on the cross. There's no shame for being single. There's no shame for being older being single. Okay? We're in a time of distress in this generation of what's going on in singles and in relationships. We see marriages being destroyed. So we are what some of us were saying, you know, it sometimes is better that that we're single right now. You know, I, I can see Paul saying that, hey, there's a lot of mess going on right now. People are fornicating. No one cares about marriage. Everything has just gone chaos. It's probably better to stay single. But let me go back over here. What Paul is telling the parents, let them serve their Lord with their whole heart. Let them be fruitful right now unto the things of the Lord. Let them walk this out right now until later on. There's time. There's time. And he even throws in, and if they can even stay single, it is better because of everything that's going on. Okay? He's not saying that he wants you to stay single and that, It's the way that he even says it's not a command of the Lord. I speak from wisdom and judgment of what's going on around us that this is a good idea. So I think most importantly, we got to break the word to break word down to say, you know what? Marriage is good. It is a great destination. God honors it. God's not saying stay single because let me tell you, the older you get, and that's what Paul was saying As she gets to that age, I don't want to put a snare upon you is what he says. What's the snare? Temptation, fornication, possibilities of messing up around you. Okay? He doesn't want that to come around you. But if it gets to that point, then yes, it's time. Give your daughter away in marriage. Don't let her become, stay here, you know, where some man would come and take her the way she is and not even care about her her hand in marriage anymore. Do you see what I mean? This is where he's coming from when he talks about marriage and staying single. So then he goes on to talk about even the married couples. And I love the way the King James says it. We read it in the New Living Translation. It's different. But in the King James, he says, and if you're married, be as if you have no wife. If you're happy or if you're weeping, be as you're not weeping. If you're rejoicing, be as you're not rejoicing. Because don't make anything a major concern but the Lord. So basically he's saying, in whatever state you are, nothing should be above Christ, above God. So married or unmarried, so it has nothing to do with stay single. 
but all to do with your heart being right with God and having God first. And then he's saying, okay, parents, you know, let, let her get married at this age. But you know what? Right now, grow up in the Lord. Grow up in the things of God. Let her serve serve uh, good of what's going on around us right now. She can do a lot of great things in the kingdom. He can do great things in the kingdom. And at the right time, okay, if marriage is but like Paul, and it's actually said because it's not for sure if he was in the Sanhedrin, but if you are and you go further up in the Sanhedrin, they are married. So we don't know really if Paul was or had been or maybe was going to, be, going to but he's also in prison a lot of his years. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he, he is speaking from a place of wisdom and from a place, place of an elder, of an elder, you know? So it's really good to get that in context, in context, right? To understand marriage is good, and I keep saying it, because we need to know, we need to get rid of Christian lingo and speak the word of God, of what he says about all this, okay? I get, like, excited when I talk, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so I don't want to sit on that too long, but does that set a good foundation what's going on there? Okay. So are we changing some thinking? I'm praying. I'm praying, Lord, please. And, I, and you know what? Let me just pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we receive this word as of unto you. Father, you gave scripture. You gave revelation. And, Lord, I pray that you give rhema word to your children tonight. Give them rhema word. Speak to them individually. And they don't need to desire it. But I pray, Father God, that they believe the truth of it and that they speak life of the people around them and their possibility of their futures, that you would awaken healthy desires and that the world's ways would not be our ways. Thank you, Father. So, so when he's talking about the gift of celibacy, not singleness, celibacy is a time, it could be a season, okay? I say, I don't have the gift of celibacy. I have the fruit of the spirit of self-control, temperance, okay? I walk in the fruit of the spirit that I have to control my spirit man, my flesh has to be submitted unto the Lord. But I don't have the gift of celibacy. Like her, I'm a happy single person, but I'm not happy staying single. I want to be married. <laughs> so it, I, we need to speak confidently about that. If I lose my job, hey, can you pray with me that I get a new job? If, I, if my bills need to be paid and I lost finances, can we pray about that in agreement? No, you're making that your idol. Hey, wait a minute. He says effectively, fervently to pray about everything. You know what he you know what we don't do? We don't do things anxiously. So what do we do with anxious thoughts? We pray earnestly. Give them your supplications. Let your requests be known. What's your request? I would like to be married, Lord. Okay, well, don't be anxious and let's go pray this out and then leave it at the altar. Okay? Do you see the, the balance, sound mind, the power and love that God, the spirit of God working everything in its right order, okay? So God does put marriages together. Matthew 19, 6, wherefore there are no more twain, King James Version, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not, let not man put asunder that no man destroy, keep apart. What, what God puts together, let no one keep apart. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you learned informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Toke, his books, 
blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.